In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The last time I checked, you and I are all human beings, right? You're all using your eyes today to see. You're all using your ears. You're all using your mouths. You maybe ate something to eat this morning for breakfast. You've drank water. You've slept. We all do the same things. Humanity is a very, very important thing today. And yet, how do we treat humanity in the world today? How do we truly view each other? There are constant debates today about when life and humanity actually begin. There are debates about whether or not it is right to take a human life or not, whether born or whether aged. But the reality is, is that you and I were all conceived in our mother's womb, with our father as well. All of us were an embryo and on and on and on. And who are we today to say whether or not that life is truly important, whether or not that human flesh and blood is truly a human being? We've done this with everything today. Think of all of the things that you and I do to make our humanity better. All of the medications, all of the surgeries, all of the procedures, all of the advertising saying that you can live your best life now in your human flesh and blood. But there might be side effects. Diarrhea, high blood pressure, heart palpitations. If those things happen, do not take the medication anymore. And yet we take it all to say, I need to make my humanity better. We are constantly in debate about humanity today, our flesh and blood, unless it's dealing with my own life. I can marry who I want to marry. I can live in my own life with whoever I want to live, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the church might say about it. And you know what? The church sits there today and says, we expect that kind of response. It was even in Isaiah. Listen to what Isaiah says. O Lord, who shall remember or listen to our report? The world looks at the word of God within our humanity and says, we're not going to abide by that. We can live our own life in our own human flesh and blood. But humanity, Flesh, blood, bones, eyeballs, tongues, ears, everything is important to the God of Christianity. All of the other world religions with all the different beliefs and practices will all sit there today and tell you, you need to somehow reach for the sky. You somehow need to try to attain the divine. You need to renew your inner self. You need to somehow try to grasp the divine if you just live a good enough life according to your own ideas. You will see the true purpose for you, for your humanity. All of the other religions of the world apart from Christianity talk this way. It's as we talked about last week, it is the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. 
But that is nothing new because that is absolutely where we started in the Garden of Eden. Satan says to Adam and Eve, if you, Eve, if you eat of this, you will become like God. And that's what we want. We don't want anybody else to tell us how we should live out our humanity. Where are you going at with all of this today, Pastor? The God of Christianity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, works with flesh and blood, body, bones, eyeballs, ears, and mouths. You were created in God's image and likeness. You are created the way that God wanted you to be created. According to his will, though, not your own. And today, the God of Christianity, as we heard about in, God, in the Gospel of Mark, has come down to his creation. That's where all the other religions of the world fail. Because they all talk about reaching for the sky, whereas Christianity says God has come down. The Creator has come to the created. He who knew no sin became sin for us. God born in a manger. God having body, bones, flesh, eyeballs, mouth, tongue, ears. True God and true man, Jesus Christ, walking, eating, sleeping, breathing, drinking, and experiencing all of your humanity. This is not some spiritual cloud or energy or karma or anything else. This is God in flesh and blood, just like you and I have. If Jesus walked in here today and you punched him in the face, he'd have a black eye or a bloody nose just like you. And the last time I checked, wouldn't it be nice for somebody to empathize with us in our humanity? with all of the aches and pains and groans and frustrations that we experience in life, wouldn't you really like to have a God who actually comes down and says, I know what it's like to be in your shoes. I know what it's like to experience all the pain, frustration, the sadness, the mourning, the loss, even the sighing and frustrations of life. That's what we have today. That's what you have in the gospel. These people bring Jesus, bring to Jesus this man who is deaf and has a speech impediment. What did they think Jesus was going to do? Be healed? No. Do you see what Jesus does today? It's kind of gross. Jesus spits on the ground. Out of the ground God created man in his image and likeness. Saliva was actually considered to have healing proprieties in Jesus' day and age. Ew, gross, we might say. What does Jesus do as well? He sticks his fingers in the man's ears, double ooh, double gross, and then all of a sudden he touches the man's tongue. No way. Not going to happen. I don't know where that hand has been, Jesus. This is the God made flesh and blood coming down and immersing himself into the pains and frustrations of people's lives. And he is not saying, hey, you over there, 
It's all good. I'll take care of it. He touches. And did you see what else he did today? He sighs. That actual word there is, is that he groans or he mourns. He sees the fallen nature of humanity. He sees how we're only in it for ourselves, that we want to live our own life the way that we want to, and he sees the brokenness of humanity. If you want to be reminded about your brokenness of humanity, look at your medicine cabinet. Look at your pharmacy bill. Look in the mirror. I know, I have to wear glasses with reading lenses. Look at the aches and pains and the groans. Look at the doctor visits on your calendar. Look at everything that you have, and it seems to progressively get worse. Make no mistake, though, this is not God punishing you. God does not look at me and say, well, you've committed these types of sins, so I'm going to make your eyesight bad. He doesn't look at you and say, well, you've done this with your life, and I'm now going to give you diabetes or cancer or something else. This is the fallen brokenness of our creation. We're all headed to the grave. We all know that. But that is not God's plan. God has come down to us, not as a spirit or a cloud or some sort of force blowing with the wind. He comes down in human flesh and blood to touch and to heal his creation. Yet despite all the healing and the miraculous, Jesus still gets nailed to the cross. Body and blood, flesh, bones, eyeballs, foreheads, ears, all crucified to the cross. Shedding of blood, being poked in the pericardial sack, blood and water flowing out, blood pouring out for the sins of the whole world. He came to that which was his own, but his own would not receive them. He came in flesh and blood, and his own flesh and blood said, crucify him, crucify him. He saved others, he healed others, let him save himself. But, according to faith, according to the word of God, that same word made flesh, we are now changed. We are changed, in a sense, by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of God, where we confess that we have lived our lives for only ourselves, only what we want, only how we want to see life progress. And we confess, as we say, that we are all by nature sinful and unclean. We are flesh and blood, bones, eyeballs that are dying. And all of creation is dying as well. As I mentioned in Bible class today, go home and look at your refrigerator, the steak, the blueberries, the celery. It's all put in the refrigerator to stop the death process. And you know what happens when you don't eat that beyond the, or when you have it beyond the expiration date. Ew gross. All of creation is pointing us to the fact that this is a dark and a death-filled world. So what does that mean for you today as the church? 
The modern day church today has fallen hook, line, and sinker into all the spiritualization. Can you feel the presence of God here today? No, I have a headache. Do you feel the power of the Holy Spirit running up your spine? No, my back hurts. Do you feel like you have a zealous heart for God? No, I don't. That's where Christianity is at, though, today. Jesus needs a marketing director. Jesus needs to have the church capitalize on his success. Get the word out. And yet the church is more than just feeling, emotional, or some sort of spiritual high. The church is about humanity. God speaking through a wretched sinner in your midst. Me, the verbal voice of God the words of eternal life. The church is all about you being touched by the waters of holy baptism, physically, sacramentally washing away of your sins. The church, the sacramental church, is all about you tasting his body, drinking his blood. And the world might look at that and say, ew, that doesn't sound right, that doesn't sound so good to our ears. But here in the midst of the church is the physical body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Yes, Christ was taken to the cross, but in your baptism you've already died with him and resurrected by him. As you come to this table, you receive him into yourself. His body connected with your body. His blood now pulsing through your veins out of your heart. It is now no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And as you partake of this, you'll notice maybe you have, maybe you don't, in the post-communion blessing, the holy body and most precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you in both body and in soul. Does that mean that you're going to walk out of here today diabetes, cancer-free, no high blood pressure medication for you? No. What that does mean is, is that God has redeemed you in spirit and in your body and in blood no matter what you face today or tomorrow. So what does that mean for us as well today? These people brought this deaf speech impediment man to Jesus. This is what we're called to do for the church as well. I was brought to Jesus by my parents at the waters of baptism. Maybe you were as well. Maybe you were invited by an adult to this place. And we might sit there and say today, well, you know, Pastor, if they come, I don't think they're going to understand everything that's going on. You know, it's, we're kind of different. Maybe they're not going to feel comfortable or whatever else. You're, they're not here to see you or me. They're here to come into the presence of the Holy Trinity, who for us and our salvation came down from heaven in the work and person of Jesus Christ. Inviting others to this place means to bring people to Christ 
with the messes of their life, with the physical ailments, with the spiritual ailments, with the shame and the guilt that you and I all face each and every day. The church is not just about randomly throwing Bible passages out to people, hoping that it somehow will stick. The church is about invitation. That's what you heard today. The church is about relationship. The church is about hospitality, the love of strangers. The church is about getting to know people and their brokenness, their fears, and their heartaches, but all with the intention of bringing them to Christ. And as my old pastor used to say in the college situation that I was in, where everybody is living the way that they want to live and doing what they want to do, bring them to the divine service. Bring them to the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then shut up and get out of the way. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing not through your word, but by the word of God. Bring your friends, even though they may not understand Jesus. Try it sometime. Bring them. And if you can't pick them up or they refuse, pray for them. Lay them at the feet of holy Jesus. Lay them here as you come up to the altar of God to receive his flesh and blood. Say their names. Say their problems. Say their fears. Say your concerns. And lay them on Jesus and let God worry about them as well. You have friends and family with closed ears and tongues, just like you and I have each and every day, and we live out in the grace of Jesus' forgiveness. You'll notice today that after this man is healed, the scriptures say he speaks openly. The word there is orthos. He speaks rightly. You know this word, orthodontist, orthopedic, orthodoxy. An orthodontist makes your teeth straight. An orthopedic doctor makes your bones straight and right. Orthodoxy is the right, straight teaching of God's word. You are changed. O oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. He has opened your ears and your mouth to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, no matter what anybody thinks about it, because it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. You are given the new heart. Your stone of flesh and selfishness has been ripped out. The word is near you, as Romans says prior to our reading today, in your midst and in your heart, so that you can now confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. God works with messes. God works with messy situations and messy lives. He works with broken down, corrupted bodies but he works through his own flesh and blood. Not simply to heal, but to restore you in body and soul. And even though we are headed for the grave, that grave 
is all about another human thing that we do. It's about sleep. That's how we, who have been restored, look at the grave. It is simply sweet sleep. And on that last day, he will raise you again. Not to be some spiritual ball of light in the sky or some gas floating around. He will raise you up in the new heavens and the new earth with a new body. No longer needing glasses. No longer needing ibuprofen to get through the day. No longer dealing with cancer or division or frustration, pain or loss. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of all creation, and you and I in our baptism will be reunited with him in our own flesh in the joys of the new heavens and the earth, never to die again. Christ is Lord. Christ is flesh and blood. God given for you. God working for you. Forgiving you by his blood. Restoring you each and every day in his love for you. And by faith, all that we can do today is respond with the crowds. He has done all things well. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.